0: Hey everybody, this is House of Hope podcast series, presented by Goffam and House of Hope. Today's topic is Christ's Saving Grace. Our speaker today is Sister Ajura Adu. Amen. I would like us to please rise. Let's give God praise. Let's worship His name this morning. Let us just worship the name of the living God. He is worthy. He is worthy, worthy of every praise, worthy of every honor. There is no one that is God like our God. Let's give him praise. Let's give him praise for his word, his word that comes here to feed us to nourish us to instruct us to guide us let's give him thanks i want you to worship him give him praise tell him you are grateful he is here in our midst worship him adore him the king of kings is here the lord of lords is here the god of our salvation is here i want us to give him praise this morning thank him thank him thank him oh hallelujah Grace found me, grace saved me, grace made. Jesus we have worshipped. Amen. You may please have your seat. Good morning and God bless you everyone. Good morning. Thank you for joining today. Hallelujah. We have been, um, we are in the month of emphasis and in this month of emphasis we are studying God's amazing grace. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, Last week we were looking at God's grace in the creation and the fall amen amen we were looking at God's grace in the creation and the fall today we will be looking at Christ's saving grace hallelujah Christ's saving grace what is grace When the word grace is mentioned, I believe the first thing that will come to almost everybody's mind is, who can help me? Unmerited favor, praise the Lord. When we hear the word grace, unmerited favor is what comes to our mind. But grace, just like every other concept of God, is a mystery. And when we are dealing with God's mysteries, it is important that we do not fix our minds on just one thing, one aspect, because God is infinite. So every concept that he reveals to us, he reveals to us so that we can learn. All right. Praise the Lord. Whatever is revealed to us becomes our responsibility. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so I decided to consult um, King James Version Dictionary of the Bible, to get the definition of grace. One of the definitions says, appropriately, grace is the free unmerited love and favor of God, the spring and source of all the benefits men receive from him. Amen. Let me repeat it. The free unmerited love and favor of God, the spring and source of of all the benefits men receive from him. I would like us to read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 9. Ephesians chapter 2. Amen. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Did you see that? It is free, unmerited love and favor of God. So grace is a gift from God. Salvation is something we could never work for. We could never earn. Amen. The second uh, definition says favorable influence of God. Divine influence or the influence of the spirit in renewing the heart and restraining it from sin. I'll take that again. Favorable influence of God, divine influence, or the influence of the spirit, in renewing the heart and restraining from sin. Before I read the text, I would like to say, see, grace, just like any other concept in the scripture, I believe is one of the most misunderstood and most abused mysteries in Christianity. Interestingly, grace, you know, encapsulates everything our Christian life is all about. And so if we miss grace, if we misunderstand grace, then we are messed up in our race. Hallelujah. So it is important and very critical for us to understand what the Lord God has revealed about grace. I will quickly say a lot of Let me, let me just give us a little bit of the misconception of grace that is out there because many times when you know what something is not, you will begin to have an understanding of what it is. Amen. For some people, they believe that grace is God's empowerment for them to be removed from sin, to be be delivered from sin, but continue in sin and continue to receive mercy and favor. Let me say it again. In some circles, grace is believed to be the license that allows us to keep living in sin because God knows our frame and knows we can't help ourselves. But if people live with that understanding, you know what it does? It distorts the work of salvation in the sense that If it is okay to continue to live in sin, why did Christ come? There wouldn't have been any need for Christ to come. While it is true that grace actually permits us to get out of sin, it is because of grace that we are removed from sin. But grace is not complete if it does not empower us to live in righteousness. Amen. Grace is not complete if it does not empower us to live in righteousness. In other words, if you have been saved from sin, but you are still living in sin, then you are living in error and you are not walking in the will of God. Now, I'll go to the next scripture, very important. Titus chapter 2 verse 11 to 12. I would actually return to this scripture later on, but I want us to start with this amen. Titus chapter 2 Verse 11 to 12. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Hallelujah. That's number one. Grace for salvation has come. You have received Jesus as your Lord because of grace. Amen. Then, verse 12 says this same grace teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live what? Please help me righteously and godly where let's repeat verse 12 let's read it all together i'm reading from the new king james version teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust we should live soberly righteously and godly in this present age in other words grace pulls us out of sin Into a place where we are learning, improving, developing the work of righteousness. Living in godliness. So if you were saved yesterday and you are still in that place yesterday, understand that you have not moved. Amen. Understand that you have not moved because you have been saved to do what? To live soberly, to live righteously, to live a godly life. So anything short of that is not grace, according to this scripture. Amen. 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 That's the second thing, grace. I said salvation is the first thing. Living in godliness is the second. Let's look at the third thing. Verse 13 says, and this is still continuing from for the grace of God, right? For the grace of God. For the grace of God appears to us so that we can look for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So grace takes us out of sin, puts us into the practice of righteousness and godliness and places us in a place where we anticipate and become prepared and ready for the return of Jesus. Hallelujah. So grace is the perfection, is the completion of the work of Christianity. If you are saved, if you are born again, it is because of grace. If you are going to live righteously, it is because of grace. If you will be raptured with Jesus, it is because of grace. Hallelujah. Now, these two definitions, they make grace seem like it's just something God gives. You realize? It's like it's something God gives. But grace is more than something that God gives. Actually, grace is an attribute, a personality trait of God. Shall we look at Exodus chapter 4, verse 6? Amen. Sorry, did I say for 34? I'm sorry. Exodus chapter 34. You remember the story where Moses in chapter 33 told God he wanted to see God and all of that. Um, Show me yourself. And then God agreed. And um, decided to hide Moses in the cleft of a rock, and came out to proclaim his name before Moses. What happened here is God introducing Himself to Moses. It's like I will meet somebody, and the person says, "Tell me about yourself." Me, yeah, I'm proclaiming my own name, faithful. So this is my name is Ejura. Gentle, easygoing, lovable, you know, all of that. You believe it, I don't know, that's me, amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. But here is God walking before Moses. Let's read what he says. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful, and what? Let's repeat it, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Let's stop there. Praise the Lord. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious. In John chapter 1, verse 14, and the word became flesh. Remember, in the beginning was the word, the word was the word is God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. Here, he is abounding in goodness and truth. He is merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abounding. So this is God. Grace is the essence of God. Grace is who God really is. Amen. With God, grace is not something He gives. Grace is not something that He does. It is who He is. Our understanding of this concept is the core to our living a successful Christian life. Because for God, grace is a state of being, and what He is. It um, triggers what he does. In other words, what he does comes out of who he is. Amen? The grace he gives us is because he is graceful. He is full of grace. All right? So our understanding of the concept of grace is the only key to our ability to live this successful life. Remember the scripture we looked at in Titus chapter 2? Our salvation is by grace. Our successful walk with God is by grace. Our eventual connection with God in the end of life is grace. Amen. So grace is the essence of God. We said John chapter 1 revealed Jesus as full of grace and truth. Again, grace cannot be separated from truth. So if grace permits you to get out of sin or doesn't teach you to live in righteousness, there's no truth in that. Amen. I'm grateful to God that in this house, that error does not exist. And I pray that anyone listening to me online, that the Lord will deliver you from that error in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, like I said, God's grace is the empowering force behind all that we are, all that we will ever become. So we need to learn to connect with the grace of God. You see, throughout the centuries, we have always heard about how um, man fell, you know, from the grace and then. They fell short, and at the end of the day, he couldn't become everything he was hoping to be. I want us to understand that God didn't change, right? He never changed. It was man that fell, all right? Now, the Bible says all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. Part of that glory is the grace of God. Do we agree? Because we have established that grace is the essence of God. So that glory that man fell from is the grace of God. He got disconnected from the grace. He became unplugged. What he was, what the devil convinced him to do was to try to become God using his own efforts. He, he, was, he was told, see... The devil knows how to play on us. The devil knows that they love God. They admire God. He used that against, said you will be like God. All right. And so they thought there was something they could do. Unfortunately, they didn't know they were already like God. So they were, they became unplugged because of that effort they made. Which was directly disobedience to God. They tried to use their own efforts to try to be like God. That unplugged them from the grace. And throughout the generation, God did not change. He didn't stop being gracious. Because many times when we look at the Old Testament, we look at the law, it's like, oh, God was very harsh in the Old Testament and he was, you know, very, but God didn't change. He never changed. Hebrews, we have many scriptures, but Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 tells us he cannot change. James sixteen, seventeen, he, there's no variableness in him. He can't change. Maybe we should read Hebrews six, thirteen. Believe I have a little time. Hebrews 6 13, please. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater than himself, he swore by himself. Amen. He swore by himself saying, surely, blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise for men needed to swear by, you know, the greater, and an oath confirmation is for them, and an end to all disputes. Amen. Amen. Thus, God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel, he confirmed it by an oath. God does not change. His ways don't change. His counsel does not change. Amen. Now, so if he doesn't change, then what happened with the Old Testament? Did God improve on himself by grace? Did God improve on himself by bringing Jesus? No, he didn't. Amen. I believe in my heart that the law came because man decided to try to be like God. God's intention was then to show man, if you want to be like me, you need to do this, right? To even begin to look like me. These are the things you need to do. Throughout scripture, none of them could keep any. It wasn't because God wanted to be wicked or mean. He needed to demonstrate to them, there's nothing you can do in your power. There's nothing you can do in your power that can make you like God. Amen. He didn't change. They wanted to be like God. It was their effort. And God showed them, okay, this is the template. If you want to do it in your effort. And so the law, instead of it helping man, could not help man because it was never intended to. Right? You do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. There's nothing you can do. It was not the original design of God for Adam to do anything to be like him. God already made him like him. So there was no, there was no, that's part of Adam's work had nothing to do with his own efforts. And God's counsel is immutable. It can't change. So the requirements to be like God still needs God to make us like him. Hallelujah. That is why Jesus came. Because even our best efforts, our best efforts still fall short. Amen. It wasn't the original template, it wasn't the original design. It could never be because God didn't change His mind. Hallelujah. So, what is God's amazing grace? God's amazing grace is God giving himself back to man because man cannot in his own efforts be like him only god could make man like him amen that is why jesus came to offer us god hallelujah you see, the original design is, let us make man in our image. After our likeness, he wanted to share all of his nature with man. He wanted to share his personality with man. And he designed it that man could not function outside of him. Amen. And so Jesus came so that we can get back to that original place because God didn't change his mind. Amen. Amen. Like I said, a fall from glory is a fall from grace because all have sinned. And we fell short of the glory of God, Romans 3, 23. And we fell because the devil came to steal our place. And grace didn't cease, grace didn't stop. I would summarize what I said. From the time man fell, we were dead on arrival. Amen. In the state of our deadness, we were useless to ourselves and to God. In that state of deadness, our very best effort could never be good enough because we were not alive. We inherited the gene of sin that made it impossible for us to fight against sin. It was, you know, those of you that are scientists, you know that the DNA, you know, it's, it's just, you can't fight it. It's just there. You just respond to it. So we were born with the sin DNA. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's read Romans chapter 5, verse 12 to 5, to 15, I'm sorry. Sorry. Romans chapter (laughs) 5. Please go ahead, Ma. Romans chapter 5, from verse 12 to 15. Thank you if you're there. Charge against yes. anyone when there is no law against it, yet death rule over mankind from Adam to Moses, the lawgiver, even over those who had not seen as Adam did. Amen. Verse 15. Let me read it. But the free gift is not like the offense, for if by one man's offense many died, much more, the grace and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus, abounded to many. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ma. praise the Lord. So because we inherited the gene of sin, none of us could save ourselves. We were already dead. From the scripture we read, sin produced death and death reigned in everyone. But grace came through Jesus Yes, because we inherited the gene of sin. That's the reason. Thank you. Because we inherited the gene of sin, we lived in death, every one of us. And for that reason, none of us could save ourselves. And that's why the saving grace of Jesus was the only thing that every one of us could depend on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The logic is this, because... Sin came through one man. Life also could come through one man, Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Jesus, He is the embodiment of grace. He is the reason we have hope. He is the reason there is life. He's the reason we are no longer operating in death. Hallelujah. He is the reason we are empowered. So we are given the, the, remember the first, the second um, definition, grace is the influence, grace is the enabling power of God. So because we have received salvation, there's enablement. Hallelujah. I want to read 1 Corinthians. I want to read 1 Corinthians 15, please. 1 Corinthians 15, before I continue. Hallelujah. From verse 9, 1 Corinthians 15. This is Paul. For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain. What did he do? I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Hallelujah. Grace does not take away work. Grace does not replace work. Grace empowers us to work. Grace. You see what we have been going, the scriptures we've been going through, that scripture in Titus chapter 2, please take your time, go back and study it again. Grace brings salvation, but doesn't stop there. Grace empowers us to live in godliness. So if you are not able to overcome that sin, if you are living continuously in that way of life, then you haven't plugged into grace. If you are not empowered to do what you are supposed to do, you have not connected with grace. Amen. Amen. Paul said, I labored more than they all. But it was not I, it was grace. So there's a dimension of of, of labor that grace brings. Grace gives you capacity to overcome. Grace boosts your ability to stretch yourself in the place of prayer. Amen. Amen. Grace triggers your ability to connect to the Holy Spirit and live as a spiritual and live in the place that Jehovah has placed you far above principalities and power seated with Christ. Grace does that. Hallelujah. Jesus is the embodiment of God's grace. The importance of of Jesus, the saving grace of Christ is that his grace suffers long. The grace of God suffers long because He's patient to wait for you. Hallelujah. His grace is abundant in goodness and in truth. Amen. You remember Exodus chapter 34? He is abundant in goodness and truth. That's His grace. It's His grace that brings us to the place where we can receive salvation. It is His grace. Amen. It is His grace that clears the guilty. Amen. It is His grace that is rich in mercy. If we go back to Exodus 34, uh, I believe it's somewhere in verse 9, 10. it says, he doesn't clear, he by no means clears the guilty. It is God's grace that actually presents his judgment. Hmm. Amen. Did we agree that grace is the personality of God? Because of His grace, there is judgment. Because of His grace, there's deliverance from judgment. Because of His grace, we are empowered to walk away from the judgment against sin so that we can escape it by grace. Amen. Because that grace is rich in mercy. Hallelujah. It is rich in mercy. And gives us capacity. Capacity to live the life that God has called us to live. This is the saving grace of God. When you hear saving grace, most of the time you are thinking of Oh, salvation, you have been converted from, you know, darkness to light and yippee, there we go. But no, salvation is we are removed from sin to righteousness. Salvation is we are living in righteousness. We are living according to the design and dictates of God the Father. Salvation is that we are doing everything that God intended for us to do here. And we are dominating. We are living the life. We are, we are doing, we are representing him. We are reconciling men to Him. That is salvation. That is salvation. Hallelujah. Let me read. 2nd Corinthians 5 give me a minute please let me find it amen now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through who? Jesus Christ are you there with me? 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 18. Are you there with me? Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us what? The ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has done what? Committed to us the word of reconciliation. That is the salvation we have been given. If we are delivered just to walk away, then the, the, the work of salvation has been truncated If we think that we have been delivered to just walk free and that's it, the work of salvation in our lives has become truncated. From this scripture, we see that God is still walking, reconciling. Is that what I read? That God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. It's, it's present, continue reconciling. He's doing it, right? And then he has committed towards the ministry of reconciliation. This is the salvation we have received by grace. So if salvation has come to you and you are not concerned, God has reconciled you to himself. But others are not yet reconciled. And it's okay. Something is wrong. It truncates the grace of God. Right? It separates us from partnering with God. Because the Bible says he is reconciling the world to himself. And we can see the world is not yet fully reconciled. So if if our hearts... Do not carry the passion of the Father. We are unplugged from grace. Hallelujah. Amen. If God has come, look at all of the work that Jesus did. Look at how the Bible says Jesus, he knew no sin. The Bible says God made him sin. That thing puzzles my mind. God made him sin. Who knew no sin. God made him sin. So that by his work, we can become the righteousness of God. Not that we can have the righteousness, but that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. So if we are not the righteousness of God in Christ, and all of this was done by grace. If we are not the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, we are unplugged from grace. Do you agree? It is his grace that awakens humanity and makes us alive to find him, to partake of him eternally. His grace. It's important for us to examine ourselves. Be real, Tell yourself the truth. Don't, don't deceive. see, don't lie to yourself. God knows us. Forget about what any other person thinks or feels. Ask yourself, am I in grace? Am I truly experiencing the grace of God? Is the grace of God alive in me? Is the grace of God acting? See, ask yourself, have I been saved? Okay, yes. I've received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Am I living in godliness? Am I living as a saved person? If your answer is no, then it is time to find him because grace gives us access to find him. Grace brings us to the place that we reconcile ourselves to him. Praise the Lord. Like I said earlier, none of us can live the life of Christ. The life that God has designed for us outside of grace. Amen. There's none of us. I want us at this time to pray. If you have been listening to this, I asked us a question. Examine yourself. Do not deceive yourself. The grace of God empowers us to live above sin. That is his saving grace. His grace empowers us to do the works of Christ. It is his saving grace. The grace of God empowers us to reconcile, to reconcile men back to God. That is His grace. If you are not living in this grace, I want you to ask the Lord, Help me. Reconcile me back to this grace. Reconcile me, O God the grace. Plug me back into grace. Tell God, plug me back into grace. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I want to give this opportunity to anyone who has not given his life to Christ in this room or online. Or if you have lived in error, thinking that grace was a license to remain in sin. I want to give you an opportunity to reconcile yourself to God. I want you to say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart that this saving grace came to deliver me from sin. That this saving grace came to empower me to live in righteousness. That this saving grace will prepare me for your return. So God, I repent. I confess my sins before you. And I ask that you forgive me in the name of Jesus. I ask that you receive me. Lord, that you strengthen me. That you place your grace upon me. And empower me to live the life of Christ. The life that you have designed for me to live from beginning of this world. In the name of Jesus. Amen. If you said that prayer with me, you have become a child of God. You have received the power of God's grace. And his mercy is resting on you. Amen. I will invite you to visit um, gfmi.org. Um, and I believe that there are resources that can help you grow in grace, and the Lord will strengthen us all in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. If you're in the Washington D.C. region, visit in person at our address. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us in our social media. God bless you.